Murder and Mayhem in Jefferson County, Missouri, The Bushwhacker Murders, The Story of Sam Hildebrand, 1872. Frank Hildebrand, two times great-grandson of John Hildebrand, first known settler of Jefferson County, had been hiding in a cave with his brother Sam for over two months because members of his family were being hunted by the Big River Vigilance Committee of St. Francis County for suspicion of murder. It was now November, and the cold winter was unbearable. Sam had already abandoned the hiding place, deciding to take his chances in a warmer abode. Frank was too afraid to chance going home. Surely, if he joined the Union Army like his elder brother William had done, it would prove he was not part of the conflict that led to the murder of Mr. Ringer that August. It took until January 1862 to work up enough courage to turn himself in to Captain Castleman. He asked to take the oath of allegiance and join the Home Guard. To his dismay, Castleman immediately turned Frank over to the Vigilance Committee, which was led by Furman McIlvain. Despite his youth, or perhaps because of it, McIlvain, who was in his mid-twenties, was determined to make an example of Frank. The mob took Frank to Big River Mills, St. Francis County, but couldn't get the authorities to do more than agree to hold him for trial. Not satisfied with that, someone mentioned that the crime was committed in Washington County, so they carried their prisoner there. Nevertheless, they received the same response in that county. They were out for blood and were frustrated that they could not find a co-conspirator to help carry out their plan. A discussion about an alternate plan of action led to the false accusation Frank had stolen a mule from a farmer in Jefferson County, so they left with him headed toward Hillsborough. Not wanting to chance another uncooperative lawman, they discussed the situation among themselves. Just outside of Hillsborough, on an inconspicuous stretch of road, they pulled 19-year-old Frank Hildebrand off his horse and began severely beating him. They tied two ropes around his neck and drug him behind the horses, breaking his neck and crushing his skull and jawbone. When they were sure their deadly mission was accomplished, the vigilante committee threw his body in a ditch where it lay undiscovered until April, four months later. By the time his brother Sam Hildebrand learned about the despicable way Frank had been treated, he was well on his way to becoming the most notorious rebel bushwhacker on this side of the state. The mere mention of his name was enough to strike terror into the hearts of the youngest child to the most seasoned soldier. Welcome to another episode of Murder and Mayhem in Jefferson County, Missouri. I am your host, Mindy Hudson, genealogist at the Jefferson County Library. Each week we bring you stories of murders and scandalous events which have occurred in the county's 200-year history. 
The story of Sam Hildebrand was pieced together using the resources and collections available through the library's genealogy databases and historical collections. Jefferson County is located about 25 miles south of St. Louis and forms the foothills of the Ozark Mountains. Original settlers in the county consisted of immigrants who were of English, Irish, Czech, Slavic, and Dutch origin, as well as a very large population who had migrated here during the early 19th century from southern states. On the 9th of August, 1861, three months after the infamous Camp Jackson massacre had polarized the population of St. Louis and the neighboring counties, St. Francis County was set ablaze with outrage over the murder of a local Union sympathizer named Abraham Ringer. The rebels who were known to be responsible for the murder were Alan Roan and Tom Cooper. Motive for the killing was believed to be the pressing of Mr. Ringer's horses into Confederate service. Roan brought one horse to his cousin Samuel Hildebrand and offered to swap animals with him, noting the horse he offered was of much better quality. Sam agreed, and the swap was made. However, Sam soon discovered the horse would not work in a harness and decided to trade once again with a neighbor. Recognizing the horse as one belonging to Ringer, suspicion fell on Hildebrand as an accomplice to the murder. According to Hildebrand's autobiography, which was published in 1870, the trading of the horses set off a series of events that would forever change the course of his life. Samuel S. Hildebrand was born to George Hildebrand and Rebecca McKee in 1836. George was the great-grandson of Jefferson County's first known European settler, John Hildebrand. Many of the Hildebrand descendants stayed around the Big River area near Cedar Hill. However, George and Rebecca moved their family a short distance away to St. Francis County, where he built a nice two-story home and farmed. George died about 1850, leaving Rebecca with nine young children, six boys and three girls. The Hildebrands owned no slaves. They were subsistence farmers who mainly raised hogs. When war broke out, they tended to be neutral or pro-union in their sympathies. However, a series of events turned the tide and eventually set Sam, the middle son, on a quest for vengeance that cost him and those he loved everything. Prior to the beginning of the Civil War, the Hildebrands raised free-range hogs. Disputes over theft of hogs and property damage between them and their Dutch neighbors was not uncommon in the St. Francis court records. Some of the opposing parties developed mistrust and anger toward the unruly Hildebrand boys, no doubt citing the lack of a stern father's guidance being to blame. Nevertheless, the family had enjoyed many years of good reputation, and intermarriage among their neighbors gave them the advantage of a vast network of family and friends in the counties of St. Francis, Franklin, Washington, and Jefferson.
Sam was described as standing over six feet tall. He was thin, weighing about 175 pounds. He had sandy hair, sharp blue eyes, and a light complexion. One of his most prominent features was his beak-like nose, and he was said to have a soft, almost effeminate voice. He married Margaret Hampton, moved to a place not too distant from his family home, and started raising a family. According to Gene Murdoch in his book, Sam Hildebrand's Footprints, in September 1861, Sam was targeted by the Big River Mills Vigilante Committee of St. Francis County as a suspect in the murder of Abraham Ringer, a charge Sam always denied. He was, however, known to be in possession of a stolen horse, which Sam claimed was traded to him by his cousin, Alan Roan, who was indeed responsible for Ringer's death. Furman McIlvain, in his early 20s, made it his personal mission to capture those suspected in the murder. After the incident with the horse, Sam became a prime suspect in the murder, along with his younger brother, Frank. Upon learning the committee was headed to his house to arrest them, Sam and Frank fled to a cave located on a bluff where they remained for several weeks. In October, Sam decided to risk going back home, but the mob had a watch posted and surrounded his house. Miraculously, he managed to escape and made the decision to move his family to a rented cabin in Fredericktown out of the jurisdiction of the committee. Fear of the vigilantes caused Frank to return to the cave until it became too lonely and much too cold to survive. The decision to trust the federal authorities cost the young man his life. Stirred up by the success of having captured and killed Frank, the vigilante committee got word about where Sam Hildebrand was located. The house was surrounded by soldiers and home guard alike. But once again, Sam eluded capture. However, this time he was struck by a bullet which broke his leg. Unable to travel quickly, he hid in some brush until his wife, determining the posse was finally gone, found him and doctored the wounds. This was the point that Sam declared war on the Union. He joined the rebel guerrillas and vowed revenge on those responsible for his brother's murder and his family's misery. In June 1862, Sam returned to the St. Francis area and began ambushing and killing anyone he suspected of being involved in the misery his family had suffered. Hiding in the brush, he shot and killed McIlvain, who was plowing in his field. In addition to his revenge killings, Sam led a group of rebels in the same type of surprise attacks of against Union soldiers and sympathizers as Quantrill's raiders. His method of surprise and kill struck terror in the hearts of people throughout the southeastern counties of Missouri, including Jefferson County, where many of his relatives still lived. There were regular sightings of him by citizens throughout the period of the war. 
In retaliation for his actions, the Home Guard began systematically rounding up members of Sam's extended family and terrorizing them to gain information about the outlaw's whereabouts. They were ruthless in their methods of gaining information, even going as far as hanging his nine-year-old nephew, Richard Adams, until nearly dead. Richard was the son of Sam's sister, Elvira Adams. Elvira's six-year-old son, James, was so traumatized that he finally broke and told the soldiers that his uncles had been to their house recently. In July 1862, the committee arrived at the mine owned by Sam's elder brother, George Wash Hildebrand, and his mining partner, Stanislaus or Tosh Landusky. They coaxed them from their mine and shot them for no other reason than they were connected to Sam. Next, they went to his uncle John Roan, father of Alan Roan. They led him away from the house and shot him. The officer who ordered the killing claimed Mr. Roan bragged that he had killed Union men but more likely he committed no crime except being related to Sam Hildebrand and Alan Roan. Captain S. Roger ordered Sam's mother and sisters out of their home and seized whatever things they wanted from the house and farm. His 13-year-old brother, Henry, stayed behind to bring in whatever crops he could when the troops returned to burn down the house. Henry resisted when they ordered him to leave, but finally mounted his horse to ride away. As he turned to go, he was shot in the back and killed. Sam's widowed mother came back to Cedar Hill to live with one of her brothers. In less than two years, she had lost a daughter to illness, three sons to murder, and could not openly see one son because he was a wanted outlaw. Sam eventually moved his wife and children to Pocahontas in Greene County, Arkansas, where they were relatively safe from the Federals, who were determined to find him and to punish anyone connected with him. But Sam continued to come back to the area to wreak his vengeance even after the war was over. When Alex Walker, subject of a previous episode, was killed in southern Jefferson County in November 1868, some claimed it was likely Sam who had killed him. It fit the way he ambushed his enemies, and he had been in the DeSoto area not long before where he had beaten William Patton, who had participated in Frank's murder, and left him for dead. After the war, the governor of Missouri offered a $10,000 reward for his capture. Over the next several years, the stories of Hildebrand's barbaric acts became more and more ferocious, and the descriptions of the man grew to legendary proportions. One newspaper article described him as, quote, agile as a leopard, fearless as a lion, bloodthirsty as a tiger, possessed of great strength and endurance, end quote. He named his gun Kill Devil, and it was said he cut a notch for every man he killed. 
he strapped several pistols and knives to his body and struck fear in the hearts of even seasoned lawmen. He was reported to be dead so many times that by the time he really was killed, most people didn't believe it to be true. After the reward was offered in 1869, he moved his family to Texas, where they lived until his wife Margaret died in January 1872. Heartbroken, Sam brought his six children, who were between the ages of 2 to 16, to Pinckneyville County, Illinois, in March, where he hoped to be near enough to his remaining family in Missouri to sneak visits. Shortly after arriving, he entered a saloon to drink away his sorrow. Later reports claim that some of the patrons of the bar began whispering that they thought that might be Sam Hildebrand. He ignored the stares and whispers for some time before he overheard one man and the owner get into a loud argument. Itching for a fight, Sam lunged across the bar and stabbed the owner. The sheriff was called to come, but at that point had no idea about the identity of his suspect. He arrested Sam and was escorting him to a bail hearing when suddenly the prisoner pulled a hidden knife and cut the sheriff badly. Although startled and bleeding, the lawman was able to gain control of his gun and shot Sam in the back of the neck. The bullet entered his head and exited through his neck, killing him instantly. According to news articles, the authorities didn't realize they had killed Sam Hildebrand until they questioned his children. However, even with that assurance, there were many who would not believe it was really the notorious outlaw who had finally met his end. He was buried, dug up, moved, and reburied three times. Family members refused to identify his body to prevent anyone from collecting the reward money. The few who did identify him were suspected of lying to end the hunt for him and allow him to live in peace. For many years afterward, newspapers ran articles about people claiming to have seen him in various places. One claimed he was still living in Texas. Another said he was in Mexico. Years later, a photograph was shown to one of his biographers, claiming to be of an older Sam Hildebrand. If you visit the Jefferson County Library-Genealogy Facebook page, you can see the photographs and decide for yourself. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of The Bushwhacker Murder, The Story of Sam Hildebrand, brought to you by the Jefferson County Library Genealogy Department, located at the Northwest Branch, 5160 State Road, PP, High Ridge, Missouri. For more information about this and other podcasts, please call us at 636-677-8186 or email mhudson at jeffcolibe.org. Join us again next Tuesday, March 1st at 5 o'clock p.m. as we continue the period of vigilante justice 
with the story of the Sandy Creek Covered Bridge Murder, Mac Marsden, 1883. Please be sure to share this podcast with others who enjoy historical true crime. Thank you.